history of Nelson Ediago. Be stirred as you listen. You see, I realize that a lot of people we throw around words. We say things like we want to see revival. We want to see a move of God and things like that. Now, I love reading revivals. I love reading from Azusa to the Woodridge Revival. Some of you have no idea what the Woodridge Revival is. You know, to many of them, I like even uh, to the Welsh Revival, to the Reformations. Those were serious doctrinal moves. I like studying about them and seeing the things that God can do with yielded men. Are you with me? And they are interesting and exciting to, to read and to study upon. And when it comes to the moves of God, these things are things that should open the hearts of every believer to what God, what is possible or what God can do with the life of a man or a well man is generic. It doesn't mean male. With a man whose heart and whose hand is open to the things of God. But many times we have, don't worry, hold on. I'll tell you when to play. Many times we have this um, desire to skip where we are to go to where we want to be. Let me explain what I mean. You see, I realized that um, the Bible records for us in the book of Acts that there are particular times when thousands were added to the church. So in Acts chapter 2, it says 3,000 was added. You know, after Peter preached, we saw multitudes being added. But what we actually miss is that the Bible says many were added to their number daily. So what this means is this. It's not every day thousands were added. I said that to say this. A lot of us want to see large things that God is doing, but we don't want to put the brick by brick. We don't want to take one step at a time. Let me explain this. If you want to go from here to the gate, many of us don't want to put one left leg before right leg before left leg. We just want to disappear and appear at the gate. You know, standards obey the law of gravity. If they are not held up, they will fall flat. A lot of us want to, you know, when we talk about the moves of God and the things that we want to see God do, we are very excited and we know what we want to see. But listen, if you want to see God spectacularly, you must do the seemingly simple, non-spectacular and spiritual things. A lot of us want to see the move. You see, when a lot of us quickly think of supernatural, we are thinking of touch. And that's great, right? That's cool. However, we miss out the fact that anybody who is anybody who walks in the supernatural and does the things of the spirit, they got there and they were doing the things of the spirit the way they do the things of the spirit because they grew from where they are or where they were. A lot of us want to do spectacularly supernatural things, but we don't want to do the simply supernatural things. We want to raise the dead, but you don't pray or read your Bible every day. Acts 2.42, it says they continued in the apostles' doctrine. They broke bread. There were specific things that, were, that they did for them to see what they saw. Are you guys with me at all? Yes, guys, you need to respond. Are you with me at all? Yes, 
so um and there's something I realized that is a problem for us. Who can answer this question? Who knows when A.W. How many of us know who A.W. Toza is? Raise your hand. Raise your hand now. I don't know why you guys do this thing. Okay, just a few of us. Beautiful. How many of us know, know who Kenneth Hagin is? Okay, good. Some of us don't know anybody. Who knows when A.W. Toza died? Raise your hand if you know. Okay. Who knows when Kenneth Hagin died? Year. What year? Correct. Who knows the year A.W. Toza died? Nobody. Okay. Now, are you aware that these men, it seems like they discipled more people in their death than when they were alive? And do you know why that is important? Any ministry or any Christian life that is not built on the foundation of God's word has no future. It has no future. You see, I, I, I wrote down and I said, I was thinking this morning, and I said, you cannot build, you cannot be a stalwart Christian. You cannot build a solid Christian life without a solid word base. Without a solid understanding and foundation of what the word of God says and who the word of God says you are. See, the man of God quoted John um, Romans 5, 8. And I always use this very interestingly. Romans 5, 8 is actually a very simple... Um, okay, let me calm down for a bit. Romans 5, 8 is a very simple explanation of John three sixteen. So John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes should not perish but have everlasting life. Alright? The word so is the Greek word huto. It means that God so, this is how, huto means in this manner. So it means this is how God demonstrated his love. Explanation is in Romans 5. He says this is how God commended his love towards us. What does that mean? The, the, the manifestation or the clearest description of the love of God is not in your feelings. The clearest description of the love of God is not when things are going well or when things are not going well. The clearest description of the word of God is of the love of God is simply this. Did he die on the cross for you? Yes. Scripturally, yes. Apologetically, meaning historically, scientifically. I mean, um, the JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association, they wrote a paper and they said it is impossible for Jesus not to have died on the cross. And history has it. I mean, um, I was teaching one of my supernatural classes, Ugelion. We did a little apologetics. History has it that there was a man who walked the earth called Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, how many of you are medical students here? Please, let's, let's have a rule. If I call anything, your hand must not be lower than this. Okay? If not, be paralyzed. I'm joking. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Please, angels are on guard. I'm joking. I'm joking, no. Oh. Before they think I'm serious. Are you guys with me at all? How many of our medical students? Raise your hand. Ah, you guys are plenty. I love it. Now, and that puts me under pressure because I may not get the term right. But, first of all, you know that for Jesus to be sweating, 
that his sweat was as thick as blood. What basically caused that was hematidrosis. You know what hematidrosis is? If you know what hematidrosis is, raise your hand. I think it's when the capillaries burst open and then... So, I, I know Bugo. Hey, God. So, so, that only happens in cases of extreme anxiety. Right? Uh-huh. Now, when they pierced a sword, a spear, through his side, do you know what that means? That, of course, when water and blood came out, that basically means that for that to have happened medically, it means that his heart ruptured. Am I correct? Uh, you guys are not answering me. It's only, am I correct? If you're a medical student, raise your hand. It means that his heart ruptured, yes or no? So, it actually means two things. It means that he died of, you know, there's a medical term, cardiac something, or something asphyxiation. He shall have died. So, listen, the clearest description of the Lord, you see, there are people who are called Jesus mythicists. Every time I go to universities to preach, I like to do apologetics, but I don't have the time this morning. Right? There are people who are called Jesus mythicists. What that means is that they believe that um, Jesus did not walk the earth. There was never a man called Jesus that walked the earth. Some of you are saying, how can they believe that? But you cannot defend it. Right? But the truth of the matter is, it is a historical fact. You know, in my 200 level, I was thinking, is this Jesus thing true? Am I being scammed? How do I know? How do I know I'm not being lied to? And then I started studying apologetics. Apologetics is the branch of um, theology that, is the, that gives the defense for the Christian faith. Apologetics is gotten from the word apologia, which means to give a defense. It doesn't mean to apologize. It means to give a what? And that's a fulfillment of 1 Peter 3.15. Always be ready to give a defense for the, to give an answer for the hope which you have. Are you guys with me at all? Yes, answer me loud. Are you with me at all? Yes, sir. Thank you. So, the, the Bible lets us understand that how you know God loves you, it cannot be your feelings. Because we live in a fallen world. A lot of people ask questions, why do bad things happen to good people? Right? Can I tell you there's something wrong with that question. Why? Bad things happen to everybody. Everybody. If you are here and a bad thing has never happened to you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. You know, this one is even more sensitive. If you've never lost a loved one, raise your hand. If, raise your hand. No, raise it. I'm going somewhere. Raise it. I'm not mocking you. I'm serious. If you've never lost someone very close that hurts you, raise your hand. Raise it. Keep it up. Keep it up. Good. Now, is that is a bad thing if you lose a loved one, right? Talk to me now, right? It's a painful thing, right? Keep your hand up. Now, if, you are, if your hand is up and you think you will never lose someone that is close to you, raise it. Keep it up. We live in a falling world. Bad things happen to everybody but at varying degrees. And that's why your understanding of the love of God your understanding of the love of God cannot be on the basis of your feelings. If not, your understanding of the love of God will never be constant. Can I tell you something? God is constant. Everything changes. So if you understand the love of God from you need to even understand that God is not um, God is not reactive. He's proactive. 
Before you know you needed a savior, your savior died for your sins. The Bible says the lamb that was slain from the what? Foundations of the world. So before there was sin, there was solution. And that's why you cannot outsin the love of God. That's why you cannot what? Outsin the love of God. Why, scripturally speaking, I hope nobody will fight me. I'm going tomorrow. You can't beat me. <laughs> scripturally speaking, why do men go to hell? Unbelief. Somebody's like, what of fornication? Calm down. <laughs> Unbelief. John 3, 16, for God, so that he that whosoever should not but have verse 17. Eh? No, no, no. Talk to me, but verse 15, verse 15. Read verse 15 for me. Uh-huh. 15. Whosoever 16. That whosoever. 17. Mm-hmm. Good. He said, For whosoever believes should not what? Perish. But it is the man who does not believe that is condemned already. The, I mean, Papa Higgin thought this. See, the man, what primarily takes men to hell is unbelief in the message of the gospel. Why? Because you have rejected the power that saves. You know, someone asked, a lot of us refuse to accept things like this. Someone asked uh, an apologist, Frank Turek. He said, my mom was alive during the Holocaust. How many of us know what the Holocaust is? How many of us don't know what the Holocaust is? The Holocaust is when the Nazis killed the Jews. You know that, you know that, right? Now, she said, my mom was alive during the, it was a debate, so the person was an atheist. He said, my mom was alive during the Holocaust. Someone preached to her, she rejected the gospel, and she died. Can you tell me my mom is in hell? And then Frank said, well, it's easy to say yes, and it might sound insensitive. But Frank gave a very brilliant answer. He thought about it and he said, God is too loving to force your mom into heaven against her will. God has, man has free will. You can do what you like. God will not force you. If you choose not to believe the gospel, God will not keep you in an armlock till you believe. Are you guys with me at all? God will not keep you in an arm lock till you believe the message. He will not. So if you believe, see, you know, a lot of people have thought this thing that the gospel is the gateway to power. No. In the gospel is the power that saves. Is the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. To them that believe, to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. To the Jew first, how? Because it is to them that the message was first preached. Then to the Gentiles, we are all Gentiles, we are Nigerians. 
to the Jew, then to the what? Gentiles. Anyone who believes on the message of truth can be on the authority of God's word declared to him. That is why Jesus said, whosoever sins you declare forgiving is what? Forgiving. Why did he say that? Simple. Because if a man has believed the message on the authority of the message he has believed, you can tell him your sins are forgiven. Then when he says, whosoever sins you retain is retained. What does that mean? Anybody who rejects the gospel on the authority of the message, you can tell him your sins are retained. It does not mean that you can say you are forgiven, your sins are remain with you. No. And that's one thing that proves that Jesus is God because only God can forgive sins. Yet yeah, Jesus told the man that was lame, he said your sins be forgiven thee. Am I communicating please? Yes, How did I get here? Any teaching ministry, any ministry that does not have solid teaching does not have a future. So we see um, Kenneth Hagin um, raise many men. It seems like many men have followed the ministry more in his death than in his life. Why? Because, see, oh God, I don't want to jump. And I, let me just start. Amen to God. I'll just bring my iPad down. <sighs> Hallelujah. You see, even the reformed Christians, reformed Christians believe some very strange things. How many of us know who reformed Christians are? It's good. Don't know. Reformed Christians or people who are called Calvinists. You know that, right? You know that, right? You don't know. It's good. Don't know. But the reason why their messages are passed down as sound, soundly as it is, is simple. is because the way they received it, they passed it down, they wrote it down, they put everything that they were taught meticulously. Huh? They put it down and they taught it. How many of you have been evangelized to by a Jehovah's Witness before? Have they, do they all say the same things? Talk to me now. Do they all say the same things? Say what you like, but that ministry is a proof that discipleship works. They pass the same thing down. We charismatic Pentecostal, we don't care about the word. We are careless. We don't care. We just care about, you see, my father is a prophet. We don't care about the word. We care about supernatural encounters. And I hear people say ridiculous and silly things like this. They say things like, you see, people are giving prophecy. You are there showing Greek and Hebrew. That's folly. Don't talk like that. I said this in one of our Let's Talk Bibles. I said, if majority of what Jesus and the apostles did was teach, majority of what we must do should be study. If you are using that quote, quote me, please. If majority of what they did was teach, see, you, the, one of the solid tenets of the Christian faith, which you cannot escape, is scholarship. Paul speaking to uh, Timothy, he said, be study. The word study there does not mean read. Is uh, the, the Greek word spaudazo. 
It means be diligent. If you read it in NIV, you see. It says, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly. So, be diligent and show yourself approved. A workman that should not turn his face where the word is spoken. Rightly what? Dividing the word of truth. When it comes to the word, have an answer. When it comes to the word, be solid. Paul telling Timothy, he said, take heed to the things I've said to you. In doing that, you will save yourself and those that what? Hear you. He said, till I come, pay attention to exhortation, to reading, to what? Doctrine. Listen, many of us are serving a Jesus we don't know. It's a dangerous thing. Let me read one verse to you. A few verses. Let me read a text. John chapter 6 verse 52 to 69. It says, The Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? That's when Jesus said, You know, my flesh is meat indeed. He said, How can they give us his flesh to drink? He said, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have what? No life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath what? Eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. He said, For my flesh is what? Meat indeed. And my blood is what? Drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Of course, if you know the gospel and you are reading between the lines of what Jesus said, you know he's not exactly talking of communion. He's talking of believing the gospel. You know that, right? If you don't know now, you know. He said, um, for my flesh meeting, he that eateth, uh, okay. He said, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall what? He that believes on the gospel shall, will not what? Perish but have the gospel. He said, this thing saith he in the synagogue, as taught in Capernaum. He said, many, many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is an hard saying, who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that these disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, um, he said, does this offend thee? Jesus, they find trouble. He said, does this offend thee? What? And if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. He said, but there are some of you that believe not. He said, for this word, when this verse says the word I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life, it does not mean, it does, please hear me well. When it says that they are spirit and they are life, it does not mean that um, the Holy Spirit is the one that interprets the words. Are you aware that when Jesus read this to them, he said it to them in a way that they will understand what he was saying. He did not say it to them so that the Holy Ghost will now interpret to them separately. Are you with me please? So say using this verse to say that the Holy Ghost will give you a deeper meaning is contrary to what Jesus said. A verse can never mean today what it never meant. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. A verse can never mean today what it never meant. And that is something to really pay attention to. How to interpret a verse is that you interpret the verse in line with what the author intended that verse to mean. If I say, don't worry, Iyanu, don't come. If I say, Iyanu, come. Don't, don't stay. If I say, Iyanu, come. Right? Iyanu is not expecting a strange interpretation rather than come close. But, you know, some of us, if we read our books the way we read our Bible, we will fail. The Bible in its basest form is, listen to me, listen to me. Guys, listen to me. The Bible in its basest form is a what? Is a book. The word Bible is gotten from the word Biblios, which means book. It's a book. When you read about the X and the Y chromosome and you read all those things, you don't, you don't say chromosome. Chromo means time. Zoom. Zoom. I don't know, but chromo means time. So we're talking about the time. So X, the time for X, the time for Y. So some X, chromosome, some X, some Y. Mm. Mm. You don't read your books that way. Why do you read the Bible like that? I may, be jo- I may sound like I'm joking, but I'm very serious. Because if we have no objective standard for truth, we'll teach rubbish and get away with it. Anyways, Jesus said, um, is the spirit that quickened the flesh profited nothing. The words I speak unto you that spirit and left, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who will betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except he were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples did what? They did what? And walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also what? Go away. See, touch for me, sir. Hallelujah. Many of us are like the disciples that went away. Many of us are like the disciples that went away. Listen. <laughs> When Jesus said, um, they wanted, they followed Jesus because of the bread that he gave. They followed Jesus because of the miracles that he did. But guys, pay attention. Your attention is easily swayed. This is our problem. We use too much Instagram. So attention span is tiny. Listen, Jesus, they followed Jesus because of the miracles that he did. Because of the fantastic signs and wonders that he worked. But when it came to the hard sayings that Jesus gave, they couldn't follow him anymore. They couldn't follow him anymore. When he began to talk, when he multiplied bread, they wanted to make him king. They said, this is him. But when he spoke about him being the bread of life, they ran away. What that means, many people are following Jesus. I heard this from my pastor. For the bread that he gives, not for the bread that he is. And we, are, we, some of us, we may say, ah, you are preaching, sir. It may be you I'm talking about. 
You are worshipping a Jesus who is your money doubler. You are worshipping a Jesus, Lord, I trust you for my academics. When, and that's why you hear a lot of people say some ridiculous things and junk. They say things like, oh, um, you know, I, I think someone put something, he said, what the, what the average Nigerian prays for? The American government provides. So when you leave Nigeria, you don't have a prayer life anymore. Am I talking? When you leave Nigeria, you don't have a prayer life because your prayer life was situated around material things. Your work with God is, he finds context only within the things that can perish with time. So you keep on following Jesus because of bread. When it comes to hard things, you fall away. Jesus also looked at the twelve and said, will you also go? And Peter said, where will we go? He said, with you are the words of life. Are you aware that even the Pharisees knew that? Because John 5, 39, Jesus said, you scratch the scripture for in them you think you have eternal life. It means that what they were looking for was legit eternal life. But where they missed it was the, was the residence of eternal life. They thought eternal life was in scriptures. They did not know that eternal life is not in scriptures. Scriptures pointed unto him that was the giver of eternal life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Am I communicating, please? Yes, so many of us will look at what Jesus did. Are you aware that what Jesus did is the fastest way to end the ministry? I mean, a man's ministry went from 5,012 to 12. Or at least 5,012 men to 12 men. And he looked at those 12 and said, will you go to? Are you guys with me, please? He looked at them and said, will you go to? So that is why it's a problem that we have people who can quote 70, 40 texts on divine healing, provision, protection, you know, the right hand of God and all those things. What has Christ done to you? Who is Jesus? You don't know and you don't care. When some, the way some people follow God, you wonder who is the God in this relationship? He said, God, I give you three days. If you don't, who are you? You are talking to the one who was not elected into power and none can vote him out of power. And maybe some of us have been pampered. I'm here to reintroduce you to Jesus. He is Savior and Lord. Are you with me now? He is Savior and Lord. So, many of us are serving a God we have absolutely no idea who he is. I was teaching in Let's Talk Bible because we are having a series called Counting the Cost. I was teaching and I said, see, serving a Jesus who cost you nothing is following a figment of your imagination. Jesus said, follow me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. But Jesus also said, he that must follow me must carry his cross. 
Following Jesus will cost you things. Following Jesus might cost you friends. I used to tell people, following Jesus might even cost you money. Because yes, you will give. Can I tell you something? I believe. Just me, because I may be wrong. I believe it's really hard for a Christian to be the richest man in the world. Do you know why? Do you know why? I'm not the richest man in my family. But sometimes, let me just, that's what I'm putting in perspective. In my family, I'm not. But sometimes I just look at my bank account and say, this money is too much. Send to this ministry. Send to this man of God. Send here, send here, send here. Money now reduced. I say, hey, you are fine now. And it's not because I have plenty money. A believer who does not give does not look like the one who gave his son for him. It's difficult for a believer to be the why? Because as the money is rising like this, the Lord will say, Ahem. some people have missions. Guys, are you with me, please? So, many of us, we are following God. And that's why you hear people like, God, I served you, but I failed. I'm not doing again. Who told you the premise for serving God is your academic success? Those at the back, are you with me? Are you with me? Don't worry. When I was in school too, I heard a lot of things like that. Why? Because a lot of people were promised, they were promised what Jesus never promised them. Say, if you serve God, 5.0. What what, um, CGPA do you use? It says 5.0 is your portion. If you serve this God faithfully, you cannot serve him and fail. Don't read. (laughs) He will fail with an anointing. Listen. I say this. Don't ignore what is truth for what sounds true. Because a lot of us are enjoying the superficial relationship we have with God. We don't want to go deep with him and we don't care. That's two things. And sometimes not caring can be master's fervency. Because you pray a lot. You fast a lot. But you are not exactly just looking for God. You are looking for some depth. You are looking for supernatural encounters. So when somebody comes with what this is what the word says. You say forget word first. He said, they are deep things. That's how you will encounter an issue. <laughs> At 16, 16, the lady brought her masters much gain by prophesying. And then as she began to prophesy, she said, these men are servants of God. They are, they are servants of God. I mean, what she said was true. But the source by which she spoke it was a lie. It was a foul devil. So a lot of us like the things that sounds deep, but we don't study God's word. We don't really like God's word. We like the things that God gives, but we don't really like the relationship with him. So we like the bread that he gives us, but when it comes to the bread that he is, we don't like it. I will talk much more about this in the evening session. 
But listen, you can't ignore the word and be a stalwart believer. Being a believer means you have held on to a message. Can you defend what you believe? Can you, be, can you defend what you think is true from the word of God? Can you defend it? The truth of Christian doctrine is not found in your experiences. The truth of Christian doctrines is not found in your encounters. You know, I have a newsletter. I'm sending, a, I'm sending one out. It's called Orthodoxy, a Christian guardrail. The word is for your safety. You know, a lot of us think that in the realm of the spirit is just angels walking around with briefcase. They are devils. And that's why Paul will say in Galatians 1, 8-9, he will say things like, even if an angel appears and tells you contrary to what we taught you, let him be anathema. Let him be accursed. Are you aware that many false religions, they claim they saw angels? So it does not matter how spectacular an encounter is. If it does not line up with the word, it's false. If Jesus appears in your room in all his splendor, all his glory, and he says salvation is truly is by works, is not by grace. As a devil, that's an angel of darkness that is masquerading as an angel of light. You know all these people that used to say that I came from heaven with a message. Lazarus died. And he was saying, and the rich man died and he was saying, send Lazarus back. And he said they have the prophets. They have the law. What God has said is what God is still saying. They have the word. They have preachers. If they don't believe, they will not believe. Nobody dies, goes to the other side and comes back to with a message for the living. It's not doctrinal. It's not scriptural. It's false. Some are lying. Some are heavily oppressed of a devil. I used to say it that I really wish I can have a conversation with all these people that go to hell and come back. The ones that really went. I want my hand touch them. I want to see what will happen. Let hand touch you. Let that foul devil come out. And some of us like hearing all those things. He say, hmm? Hmm? He say, wow! They say, a woman, she borrowed matches, she didn't return it. She died, she went to hell. Ah, ah. He said the Lord told her that anyone who is wearing attachment is going to hell. Mommy. Mommy ma. Behave ma. You know that sounds extreme. Even this thing some of us now are wising up to it. The Lord said you are my wife. The Lord said you are my Please put your phone on silent or DND please. The Lord said you are my wife. The Lord said you are my husband. Please pay attention. How many of you once you hear that it turns you off ladies raise your hand. Wait, how many of you has that line been used on you before? Raise your hand. In 2022. Now, I'm sure it's a booted. I used it, but anyways. Anyways. If we apply the same, listen. If we apply the same level of scrutiny we apply to such words, to everything that somebody said God said, we'll be better. He didn't enter. 
if we apply the same so when somebody just come and say the Lord said to me you stop thinking when the person said listen many times as you are talking to me about doctrinal things or anything I'm checking the scriptures in my head I'm just checking it in my head see the word of God is your safety you better believe it the word of God is your what? Safety. I really believe that the church is not weak. I've heard a lot of people quickly say, oh Lord, that you may raise men. Relax. The church is not weak. I really believe that many of the miracles that they saw during the revivals was because it was a specific supply of the spirit because of the time they were in. Right? But the church is not weak. I believe what is lacking is the teaching ministry. The teaching ministry is not as what? As solid as it should be. Are you with me? The teaching ministry is not as solid as it should be. You are here moving in armies. We worship you. We worship you. You are here. You are turning hearts around. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, Waymaker. Oh, Light in the my God, my God, My God, my God. The church is not weak. I believe the teaching ministry is what is lacking. The teaching ministry is what is lacking. Because we have all the church ever had. What did they have? The word and the spirit. What we don't have that they had is persecution. Maybe that's what that's despised. So they drag you on Twitter. You say, I'm not doing this Jesus thing. James was dragged by horses till he died. Somebody was dragged by horses, you were dragged by keypad. Paul said in Acts 20, 32, he said, I commend you to who? God. And to the word of his grace, which is able to what? Build you up. And give you an inheritance among them which are what? Sanctified. It is God. How are you? It is God that builds up. It is the word that builds up. If God builds a man, he will build the man via his word. Many of us are too hungry for stray, for different things. 
You are hungry for miracles, power, signs and wonders. Are you even aware that biblically speaking, okay, those things, I'll talk more about it, but those things are a pointer to things that are greater than themselves. What, you know, a man of God said this so profound. He said, what God wants to give you is not money, a car, a house. What God wants to give you is the word of God in your spirit. Any message that cannot be taught anywhere and be true is a lie. If you say God died so that you may be rich, can that statement stand side by side with the world rich index? If you go to a system, Nigeria, a car is a big thing. You go outside Nigeria, you can get a car and be paying on credit. You're paying in installments. So when you, I, you know, I heard the story of a man of God who went to a place, he said, next week, receive. No, he said, if you want a car, receive. And people were looking at him like, what do you mean? If I want a car, I'll get one. It's not a prayer point. Jesus died for much more than your natural needs. Listen, anything God did in the Old Testament is not the reason he came. Did he heal the sick? Did he raise the dead? Did he prosper men? You better believe that's not why he came. Because without Jesus coming, you could have still been doing it. Praise the living Jesus. What God wants to give you is the word of God in your spirit. Is the word of God in your spirit. John, somebody open, hola, John 16, 13, David, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4 to 5. Ah, there's no time. John 16, 13 basically says, he said, when the spirit of truth is come, he will what? Guide you into all truth. A lot of us don't know. We need to read that verse in context. Was he talking to all Christians or the apostles? Was he talking to all Christians or the apostles? No, talk now. Was he talking to all Christians or the apostles? Talk now. All Christians, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise it. Uh, guys, what is this now? All Christians, raise your hand. The apostles, raise your hand. He was talking to the apostles, not all Christians. And what he was saying to them was specific. When the spirit of truth comes, he will do what? Guide you into all truth. He said, for the, the world cannot be it because the world cannot be it. They don't have the spirit of truth. What is that truth that was revealed? It was revealed in what the apostles now taught. When you come up and you say, I want to teach you something that has never been taught before. I want to teach you something that even Paul did not teach. Egbon, Egbon. Relax, take oxygen, sir. He said, what I want to teach you, even Paul did not see it. When you are saying Peter, Peter validated the teachings of Paul. That's error. Ephesians chapter 3. Paul said, I wrote to you, you know, my understanding of the mystery. How that when you, that you might understand my revelation of the mystery. Are you always see? The scriptures that were written, the epistles, they were written to be understood. Yes, That's why Paul said, I write to you my revelation of the mystery so that when you read, you might what? Understand. Yes, 
you might understand. What he wrote down was for men to understand it. So, it is the revelation of the mystery. That's what the spirit gave. It said, the Bible says that the church was built on the foundation of the word apostles and the prophets. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. It says, what eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither has he entered into the hearts of man. Are the things that God has done what? I'm away. Are the things that God has done what? Guys, now, what eyes has not seen, nor ears heard, are the things that he has what? But he has revealed unto them that what? You know that verse was not talking of miracles, signs, and wonders. If you read the context from verse 1, verse 2 down, it was talk, First Peter 2, it was talking about the mysteries of Christ from the Old Testament. Are you with me, please? The mysteries of Christ from the Old Testament and they have been revealed in Christ. What are the mysteries of God? Jesus explained that in Luke chapter um, 24. He said, and beginning at Moses and the prophet, he began to expound to them the things concerning himself. You, you go to verse 44. He says, beginning at Moses the prophet and the Psalms. So there are prophecies in the law in the prophets and in the... See, many things happened all through scriptures, but they were all pointing to one man, Jesus. That's why the apostles thought, but are you aware that of all the things they thought, they did not quote David and Goliath. They did not quote how God made Abraham. They did not just focus on how God made Abraham extremely wealthy. Why? Because they were more important things. Because the message of scripture is not David killing Goliath. The message of scripture is not God prospering a man. The message of scripture is not God healing the sick. The message of scripture is Christ and him crucified. And then when we believe on him, what he has done, we receive eternal life. We are focused on the wrong things for too long. Focused on the money that he can give, the bread that he can give, the things that he can give. When a lot of people sing, I go, they follow you, they go. They are thinking of how God can lead me in my high places. How God, touch that thing for me. How God can put my feet in butter. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But God, my brother, you are not pressing this. How God can give you what no only you can do. And even the testimonies we share. We share testimonies like, oh my God, you know, I used to earn this, but the Lord led, I had two jobs. I said, Father, which one do I get? And then one was, one was having um, 200,000. Another one was 150,000 and the Lord said I should take the 150,000. And as I took the 150, they said it was a mistake that it was missing one zero. Wait, wait, wait. Those testimonies are good. But can I tell you something? It creates an unhealthy appetite. So we now start thinking that every leading of God must be materially profitable. God can lead you to the 150k job and they say it was a mistake. It's 130. And it has nothing. Are you aware we have found delight in God, not in money? You are receiving allowance so you don't know what I'm saying yet. 
See, trust me, there's a financial grace on my life. I have prophesied to people and seen lives change like this. You know, I've been, you've been here. I prophesied to, I prophesied to one boy. He got car, got iMac, got everything by favor. He did not communicate as necessary. But listen, so I believe in, I believe in those things. I walk in them. But can I tell you something? We focus on them for the wrong reasons. Thank you. We focus on them for the wrong reasons. That's all we focus on. And we don't know Jesus is worth more than bread and butter. There is who you are. Something more than gold. I've got something more than gold. Something more than gold. I've got something more than gold. If all I've got is Jesus. I've got something more than gold. I tell it to the world. Jesus is more than gold. Listen, is that true or are we lying? Is that true or are we lying? Can I tell you something? The people who fought for us to have the word, men died for this word to get to us. I was reading Fox book of martyrs. People died though. People died. I saw there were believers. They put them in, in a frozen lake. You know that broken. They stripped them of their clothes and put them. They say recant Jesus and come and stand near the fire. They stood there. Till they were, I think one person recanted. I think. I don't know. I think they, they stood in the water. And of course I think you die of hypothermia or something. Hypothermia. And then one person. One of the soldiers. He saw their darkness and he came to join them. He said, I believe. Are you aware when you stand before Jesus, money will not matter? Are you aware when you stand before Jesus, career will not matter? When you stand before Jesus, you will, you will wish you could go back and do more. But you can't. A time will come, there will be no more preaching the gospel. There will be no more healing the sick. There will be no more defending the faith. There will be nothing of such. The Bible says the night comes. The night comes when no man can walk. That time is coming. I made up my mind from way, way back. This Jesus. Me and you, we keep going. I know someone who, he graduated from my university. I, I'm, I'm, I'm an eagle. I'm a student. I'm a graduate of Covenant. I'm an alumnus of Covenant University. He went to Imagine his parents paying that much. You come out. What do you want to do with your life? God is telling me to be a missionary in Sudan. He and his wife are in Sudan. He and his wife are in Sudan preaching Jesus. You will not see them on Facebook. Because if they post it, they will find them. What does Jesus mean to you, child of God? I've got something more than gold. I tell it to the world. Jesus is more than gold. So, 2 Timothy 2.2 2, He said the things that you have heard me teach in front of many, faith, many people. He said commit the same to faithful men who will do what? Teach others also. So, Timothy cannot come and say this one I'm about to teach you now. Paul, Paul said it when you were not there. No. 
The same things that he handed to us. And why those men must be faithful is because they must, the thing that was handed to them, the way it was handed to them. And that's why it's not just enough for truth to be taught. It's important how truth is taught. You should not just teach what the apostles taught. You should teach it the way they taught it. Amen. See, I'm here today to conscript you into an army. To conscript you into an army. You know, there's a step that the Lord had been leading me to take recently and I said, Jesus. Jesus. I was in Abuja. When were we in Abuja? Four weeks ago. Yeah? Four, three weeks ago. Thereabouts. I was in the room and I was just saying, God, God, are you sure I should take this step? And then God spoke to me. He said, he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. And he that finds his life shall lose it. The things that you are trying to protect in not following Jesus, they will not count. And the things that you lose, God can give you back. Now I'm not saying that, see, the first metric of prosperity is in God's will. It's not in what you have. Definitely, if the Lord sends you to pastor in a rural, in an urban area, in a city, in a town, you would definitely have more financial support than the man who is pastoring in the village. But if God sends a man to the village, don't force him to go to the town. Where he is, is his prosperity and success. See, we are used to these testimonies of financial support. The Lord shut me and the doors broke open and money was coming in from everywhere. Those things happen. But can I tell you, the first satisfaction is not in the material things, it's in God's will. I'm here to conscript you into an army. And how you do this one of the first things is you follow the word. You follow the word. Many of us believe things that we cannot justify with scriptures. And if you justify it with scriptures, you cannot justify it with scriptures preached accurately. He put a, I'll cast you. He put a song on his status. I said, what does this mean? He said, um, um, I said, what does this mean? He did not answer me. He shall delete the status. Because it's not about it sounding nice. See, there are some songs I don't sing. It's not because they don't sound great. It's because, what does the word say? If those songs are not in, see, our songs are supposed to be lyrical theology. Our songs are supposed to be in line with doctrine. They're supposed to be in line with doctrine. So if, you're, if you are singing what is not in line with doctrine, you are singing error. You are singing heresy. Jude chapter 1 verse 3, he said, contend for the faith, earnestly for the faith. Agoniz, epi agonizomai. Agonizomai means contend. Epi means is a superlative. So when he says epi agonizomai, so he says eagerly, earnestly, contend and go yet more. And when he said that, what did he mean? Doctrine. You don't read your meaning into the text. You allow the text to explain itself. My Christian life took another turn when I started reading the Bible at face value. What does the word say? That's it. We don't invent doctrine. We don't 
we don't invent doctrine, we discover it. You don't go to the word and see doctrine and want to grab what you think it means. What is the author trying to say? That's what the word says. Some of us read the Bible like this. Get, please, go to the store and, get, and tell them to get me, it's, I think it's pronounced Milo, but we say Milo. Get me Milo. And you say, hmm. what you're trying to say is, I should, me, I should come low. Me, low, I should be humble. That's how some of us read our Bibles. And that's why we can't defend the faith. And that's why some of us don't even have honor for God's word. We don't know what the word says. You can, that's why you can pray and do three days fast, dry. But you can't read your Bible. Or you don't read your Bible. If your word bank is low, your Christian life will be limited. Because there are days when you will not feel high. It's not emotions and fervency that will keep you. Is the word. I remember one day, you know, there was a lady that the power, the, the, a devil was oppressing. And a man of God said I should go and minister to the person. They were already ministering to her. They took her somewhere else. So he said I should go. So I walked. I was feeling very, I was not feeling electricity. I was very feeling very cold. Like cold zoom. <laughs> I just walked. And as I was walking towards, the devil looked at me and said, man of God, man of God, please. Man of God, please. Now, of course, I don't need to learn from devils. But he taught me something. It's not about how you feel. Because demons are spiritual beings. They can see. They just see you as you are. Spirits deal little with your emotions. Your emotions can be an inroad because they will now inform decisions. But emotions don't really matter. So some of us, when you just sing, fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord, you start crying. But you know what the Bible says? He said, don't be drunk with wine in the excess, but be ye filled. It's your responsibility to determine how filled you will be. God does not feel. That's why I changed this song. I said, Holy Spirit, you live in me. Holy Spirit, you live in me. You're my father. We're not waiting on him for fire. He's at work in you to will and to do. You are not the one that stares up. See, you need to hold the word like that. Strictly. Second Timothy 1.14, Paul speaking, he said, the things that we have given you, he said, that same thing keep by the Holy Ghost. So the way you protect something, the way you protect sheep, you don't just frolic about, you are always around. You keep. It's the way you should keep the truth that has been given to you of God's word. You don't just hold on to truth. You forbid error. Are you aware? Some of us might think this is harsh, but what this will mean is that there are some preachers you can't listen to. Some of us, some of us listen to everybody and are blessed. There are some preachers you can't listen to. Some people ask me, are this man of God? Do you listen to him? I say, no. I don't, I don't not like him. I just don't listen to him. That's what that will mean. 
And it does not mean you will dishonor the person because there are false teachings and there are false teachers. There are two different things. False teachings are teachings that are not in line with God's word. False teachers through scriptures are not even saved. Now, there are three cardinal truths of the gospel. Number one, there's man's helplessness. I'm out of time, so we're going to rely on what the man of God had taught us earlier. Timmy, I told you, let's, let me have more time. You say no. Number one, there's man's helplessness. Man, the Bible says we were dead in what? Sins and trespasses. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. We all, in Adam's death, a propensity for sin was passed on all of us. We couldn't help ourselves. We're dead in sins and trespasses. Number two, then God intervened. The Bible says that at the fullness of time, God sent his son to die for sins. His name is... The gospel has God's sovereign intervention. While we were dead in sin. Christ sent his son, God sent his son to die. Then, man, God intervened. And he said, all we have to do is believe. Listen, can I tell you something? I said this before. There was something wrong with the first birth and God did it better. So you are born again. You believe the message. Do you believe the gospel? If you believe that, and what is the gospel? John, um, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 15, 1 to 4. He said how God sent his son to die as the, you know, as the prophets prophesied that God was going to come, that Jesus was coming to die according to scriptures. And then he will rise again. Why did Jesus die? His name was Jesus. The Hebrew, I think it's the Aramaic variant of um, Joshua, which means Yahweh saves. Because he will save his people from their what? Sins. That's why Jesus came. Every religion agrees that there is something wrong with man. Every religion agrees that man is broken. But every man is trying to attain that perfect Every religion tries to attain that perfect unity with God. Only God came down and paid man's debt. The perfect mediator between God and man has to be both God and man. And is the man Jesus Christ. Some of you are wondering... What do I do to born again? Am I living right? Listen, morality is not the power of God unto salvation. It's the gospel. Do you believe in what Jesus has done? You are born again. Do you believe that he died for your sins? He rose for your justification and you put your trust in your eternity for him like a parachute. You are born again. Now, we live right but not to attain heaven. Not to make heaven. We live right because heaven made us. We don't live right to what? Make heaven. We live right because what? Heaven made us. Because heaven made us. Glory to God. Glory to God. We live right because what? Heaven made us. The man in Christ is consecrated to God's will. Are you with me? He's consecrated to God's will. That man... It's consecrated to God's will. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again? You have been declared righteous not by what you have done or what you can do. 
listen, listen, listen. You have been declared righteous by faith. The Bible says, if Abraham was declared righteous by works, it would have been wages, not a gift. It's because we don't know how holy God is. He's the thrice holy God. Listen, the Jews, when they want to emphasize things, they say it twice. So, verily, verily. But they called him holy, holy, holy. And he still doesn't capture who he is. So, that's God. You are trying to please him by your works. If you are going, the Bible says that, um, how did the Bible put it now? The Bible, <laughs> Holy Spirit. The Bible lets us understand that he had no pleasure in the blood of bulls and goats. Any sacrifice that will please God has to be sacrificed that is of the same sort with him. The Bible says, you want to build me a house. The only house God can dwell is the house he built himself. So the only holiness that can please God is the holiness he gives you. Is the righteousness that he gives you. The ground was declared holy. Why? Because God said it was. And God was there. Is God in your body? Is your body not the temple of the Holy Ghost? You are called holy. And because you are holy and separated unto him, you live as such. The righteousness, the Bible says your righteousness is like a what? Filthy rag. It means that on your best day, you know rich. In fact, that trans, that that word is not actually dirty rag. It's actually menstrual rags. That even gives it context. So your righteousness, on, a be, on your best day, you know rich. So many of you are not saying, are you not saying go and be sinning? I definitely didn't say that. If you heard that, you are not hearing me teach. What does the Bible let us understand? The Bible clearly lets us understand that it is in believing his righteousness. That it is in believing in him that we become righteous. He said he made him who he made him sin who knew no sin. That we might be the what? Righteousness of God in Christ. Do you believe in what Jesus has done? You have been declared righteous. And then and we, we live righteously. We live righteously because of what he has declared us. Amen. I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. Nelson Dehagon Ministries is a mandate that seeks to see men saved, trained, and sent. For more ministry content, visit us at t.me forward slash Nelson Dehagon. And for contact details, follow on Instagram at Nelson Dehagon. God bless you.